And when the day of Pentecost was now come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound as of the rushing of a mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them tongues parting asunder, like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in, with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Acts 2, 1 through 4. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Legion of Michael podcast. Thank you once again for joining me. Thank you for being out there in the audience, and I have a request for you. I have a a most humble request. Would you please take a moment today, as you hear this, or after you're done listening to it, to share this with at least one other person? Or if you have an Instagram account or a Facebook account or some other socialist media account, share this. Share this to a socialist media account. Uh, there is a little up arrow button on the podcast player that you're listening to, whichever one it happens to be, and it's very, very easy for you to share it. And if you would leave a review of the show, that would be awesome. That would be fantastic. Yes, indeed. Help us spread the message. So today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, or if you're an old school guy or an old school gal like I used to be, when I grew up in the, oh, I'm not sure which synod it was, whether my original Lutheran church was a Missouri synod or a Wisconsin synod. I can't remember. But when I was a little kid, they used to use the term Holy Ghost, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And then for whatever reason, here in our modern world, we decided to alter that and change it. And we decided we didn't want to say Holy Ghost anymore. We wanted to say Holy Spirit either way. Either way. The reason I want to talk about this today, well, it's several, there's actually been several things that have happened, but it, it occurred to me that especially Christian browsers or those who are new to the faith, we all, we all love Jesus. And unfortunately, there are people in the world that use Jesus as a marketing slogan. They use the word Jesus as a marketing slogan. And I'm not sure, really sure where that comes from. And some people, I, I appreciate their enthusiasm, uh, they want to put the name Jesus on T-shirts and bumper stickers and so forth. And that kind of, to me, that cheapens it, that cheapens the name of Christ. Uh, I don't want to see the word Jesus on bumper stickers uh, or on T-shirts. Um, if you think that's the way you can sell or uh, promote Christianity to others, maybe you're right. But of the Holy Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, 
The Holy Spirit is the one that we don't talk about that often. We talk about God our Father, the creator of heaven and earth. Um, and we talk about his son, Jesus Christ, who came here to sacrifice and, and willingly give up his own life to pay for our sins. But how often do we spend time with the, you know, dealing with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit? I mean, he's on the same footing as Christ and God our Father, right? Why don't we, why don't we talk about him? So today we're going to devote our time talking about the Holy Spirit and how you should pray for the Holy Ghost. In Acts 22, 25, 26, there's a discussion, or I'm sorry, not Acts, Luke. Luke 2, 25, 26, it says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon, who was a righteous, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. The Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And if you guys know your Bible, uh, you know that, that Simeon was presented, Mary and Joseph came, and they presented Sim, uh, the baby Jesus to Simeon, and he said, well, now he could go. He understood that he could leave now. He could check out. He could get on the, on the train uh, and uh, take that long ride to heaven because he had seen the Lord's Christ. And even before Christ was old enough to speak, in the book of Luke, it talks about how the Holy Spirit was there. The Holy Spirit has always been there. It's always been there with God's people. Even Jesus Christ, even Christ, you say, well, you know, Christ is the Son of God, therefore he can do everything. He is the perfect example, the perfect sacrifice. He is the, the, the white lamb, right? His fleece is white as snow. But in the book of Luke, chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, it says, And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led out by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days and tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they had ended, he became hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. And then it goes on to say, of course, but the word of God. I thought that was an interesting chapter because I, I believe, like I said at the very beginning, I think often we discount the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. Often we, you know, we talk a lot about Jesus, you know, Jesus freaks and Jesus this and Jesus that. And that's wonderful. It's awesome. But we can't discount the rest and even Christ Jesus himself was aided and supported and guided by the Holy Spirit when he was here on earth. That's pretty important. <laughs> if anyone would discount the value or the importance of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, go back to the book of Luke. And even Christ himself was filled with the Holy Spirit and led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit told him, gave him, told him what to say. It gave him that clear, even when he was starving, he had been fasting for 40 days. But he was still given clarity of mind by the Holy Spirit. Now, the book of Mark, uh, chapter 13, verse 11, and this is Christ speaking to his disciples. 
And he says, and when they arrest you and deliver you up, do not be anxious beforehand about what you are to say, but say whatever is given you in that hour, for it is not you who speak, but it is the Holy Spirit. It's Christ obviously giving advice to his disciples, telling them, don't worry. Do not worry about what you will say or how you will speak before men. Before you open your mouth, pray sincerely to God your Father and ask for the Holy Spirit to be with you. Believe within your heart that it will be and the Spirit will be with you. Now, in the book of Acts. Now, before we get into that, let me, let me go ahead and, and digress real quick. You guys should know that there is an Apostles' Creed, and if you're not aware of the Apostles' Creed, you should be. And the third article, there's three articles in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father, maker of heaven and earth, and in his son, Jesus Christ. And then the third one, and I have the Luther's Small Catechism. Yes, this is the one that I used when I went through catechism training, catechism classes back in the uh, about 1980. And this one was copywritten originally in 43, revised in 65, and then renewed in 71. But the third article of the Apostles' Creed says, and this is a direct quote from Luther's small catechism, I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, as well as God our Father and Jesus Christ, the Holy Trinity. I've got to go ahead and open up my Bible here. I'm going to go ahead and open it up to Acts chapter 2. And you may, if you, I'm not sure what church you go to, whether it's a Catholic church or a Lutheran church, but we celebrate the Pentecost. Generally, it's in the spring, it's after Easter, we celebrate Pentecost because that is when, what? Pentecost is when the Holy Spirit descended upon the disciples and they were given the ability to go forward and speak. Chapter 2 begins, And when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributing themselves as they rest, and they rested on each one of them. This is the disciples all gathered together, the apostles gathered together in one place. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because they were each one hearing them speak in his own tongue. And they were amazed and marveled, saying, Why, why are these not these, uh, I'm sorry, excuse me, why are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we each hear them in our own language to which we were born? Parthenians and Medes and Elamites 
and residents of Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and Phrygia and Pamphylia. Pamphylia. <laughs> There's one you probably haven't heard in a while. Pamphylia. Where is Pamphylia in the world? In the world, Egypt and districts of Libya and Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them in our own tongue speaking the mighty deeds of God. And they all continued in amazement and great perplexity, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others were mocking and saying, they are full of sweet wine. But Peter, taking his stand with the eleven, raised his voice and declared to them, men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give heed to my words. For these men are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken of through the prophet Joel. And it shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour forth of my spirit upon all mankind. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams even upon my bond slaves, both men and women. I will in those days pour forth my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will grant wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord shall come. And it shall be that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ah, Peter. Peter the rock upon whom Christ will build his church. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. The Holy Spirit, ladies and gentlemen. Now, you might be thinking, though, that's great. That's fantastic. But I'm not one of the apostles. I'm not one of the disciples. But what does Peter say? Peter says that the Spirit will be poured upon all of God's children, all of his bond slaves, both men and women, old and young. That means you. That means you will have the Spirit if you only ask for it. Before I, before I started this, before I began this Legion of Michael podcast, I'd been thinking on it, Quite frankly, I'd been thinking on it for a number of years. For many years, I'd thought about, what can I do? How can I do it? How can I deliver the message? And, well, there were doubts in my mind. I thought, well, that's nice for you, Paul, but you're not an ordained pastor. You're not an ordained minister. You don't have the authority to speak. These are the doubts that Satan put in my heart years and years ago. He put those doubts in my heart years and years ago, so I did not speak publicly. I didn't go forward and speak publicly like I am today. But God takes his time, when, and he is patient and kind with all of us. And I realized when I was given that second chance, when I, I realized when I was, well, spared from an early checkout a couple of years ago, those of you who know me, know me personally, know that I was facing an early checkout and I had to go through some 
Well, I went through some very, very difficult times, but I did not check out. I had to ask myself. I sat down and I had that conversation with God. I said, okay, I was all ready to go. I had prepared my spirit, my soul. I had prepared myself for an early checkout. A lot of anguish went into that. And God said, okay, I, I got you. I know that you're ready, but I'm not ready for you to check out yet. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. And so I didn't. And so here I am today, and we're 32 episodes into the Legion of Michael podcast. 32. 32 weeks. Wow. That's, that's more than half a year. <laughs> and I'm glad that you're here with me. Now, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about the Holy Spirit is because recently my son, Jared, many of you know Jared. If you don't know him, well, you can get to know him. Uh, Jared was asked to speak live, to go and give a, give a talk at a public event, and it was, going to be, it was going to be broadcast live, well, via the internet, and I guess narrowcast live via the internet, and there was also going to be a live audience present. And I could tell that he was a bit nervous about it. I could tell that you know, he was a bit anxious because he wanted to do well. He wanted to do very well. Uh, obviously everyone does. I mean, if someone says, hey, I need you to come and speak before this group and you accept, many people say, nah, that's okay. Uh, I don't want to speak before that group. But thanks for asking. He knew that as part of his job that he needed to speak in front of people, in front of an audience. So he wrote his speech out and he prepared it and he altered it and prepared it and altered it and prepared it again and practiced it and and I told him, I said, you'll be fine. I said, you'll be fine. And the night before, I, said, I prayed to God, our Father, and I said, please, Heavenly Father, give Jared the Holy Spirit. Send the Holy Spirit to be with him so that he can speak the words that he needs to speak. I wasn't speaking about faith. He wasn't speaking about our Father. Uh, but he was speaking to others about liberty and, and about freedom about freedom of expression, freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, <laughs> things that should concern every Christian in this audience. And he gave his speech on Saturday last, and it went just fine. It went just fine, as I knew it would. Ladies and gentlemen, you may be in a position, whether you're a leader or someone asked you to be a leader in your church group, if you're in the Legion of Michael and someone has asked you to be a leader, or perhaps you're in a position now where you're trying to approach, you you, you want to approach your church leaders, the, the deacons or elders, pastors, and so on and so forth, the board of trustees, whoever it happens to be. And you say in your heart, you're like, I know that we need this. I know that we need to protect the flock. We need to keep people safe. Those who have the ability 
the strength, but the mental ability and the physical abilities to be the guardians of others need to step forward and do that. But I've got to talk to these men and women. I've got to talk to the trustees, the council, whatever. And I have to convince them that it's a good idea. And maybe you're feeling trepidatious. Maybe you're feeling a little bit nervous about that. Maybe you've been holding back because you're not sure if what you're going to say is going to convince them. And here I'm here to tell you, fear not. Fear not. Because if you are genuine and you are sincere and you pray to God your Father and you ask for the Holy Spirit, he'll give it to you. All you have to do is pray to God and say, please, Lord, not my words, but yours. Send the Holy Spirit to be with me. Take a deep breath. Breathe it in. Breathe it out. Step up and say what needs to be said because God will give you the words. If you believe in your heart, if you are faithful and you believe that God will send you that spirit, he'll send it to you. He absolutely will. And fear... Do not be afraid. Fear not what they might think of your words. If your words are genuine and true and sincere and honest, they will either fall upon receptive ears or those ears will be blocked by Satan. And if they have been blocked by Satan, then there's nothing you can do about it. It's not your responsibility. What have we said many, many, many times in the past on the show? And if you're new to this and you haven't heard it before, go back and listen. It is not your job to force and require and demand that others listen to you. It is only your job to deliver the message. It is your job to deliver that message. And if they say, well, we do not appreciate what you have to say, we do not believe what you have to say, we're not going to, we're not down with that. And what did Christ say, brothers? He said, knock the dust off of your feet. Knock it off. Knock that dust off of your feet as you leave because it will be more tolerable in the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than it will be for these people. It's not your job to force them to listen. If their ears are receptive, their ears will be receptive. It is only your job to deliver the message. And that's where the Spirit comes in. The Spirit comes to you. What, what, what did we talk about on the day of Pentecost? On the day of Pentecost, the, the disciples went out amongst the crowds, and there were foreigners gathered in Jerusalem from all over all the ends of the earth. We went through that, Asia and Egypt, Libya, Phrygia, Pamphylia, all over the place. And back then... You basically spoke the language into which you were born, going all the way back to the Tower of Babel or Babel, uh, whichever definition you want, and uh, where God dispersed the people because they were evil and sinful, and he gave them different languages, and they couldn't understand each other. So they gathered together with like-minded people who could speak the same language. And during the time of Christ, speaking someone else's language was pretty rare. Being bilingual or trilingual or whatever uh, was exceedingly rare. It wasn't very common to encounter someone who could speak your language as well as you 
who was from a different country, a different region, a different area, area was pretty rare. And it was amazing. It was amazing to hear these Galileans speaking to people in their native tongue who were from Asia, Egypt, Libya, so on and so forth. And you'd think everyone would have said, wow, this is a miracle. Praise God. This is a miracle. Ah, but not everyone did. Not everyone did. Even though the miracle was right there in their faces. The miracle was was happening right in front of them. There were still some who mocked and said, ah, they're just drunk. They're filled with new wine. (laughs) And when the mockers, when the mockers said, ah, these these men are just filled with new wine, what did Peter do? (laughs) Peter stepped up on the soapbox. He stepped up to the podium and said, Excuse me while I clear my throat. Listen up, hippies. And he let them know. You know, there are very few passages in the Bible that are written in all caps. If you look, you read your Bible, most of the passages that are written in all caps, you'll find is when God is delivering a direct message to the people whether it's through a prophet or speaking directly to them. In the book of Acts, when the people mock the apostles and say they're filled with new wine, and Peter steps up and he delivers his oration to them, that entire passage, that entire section is all caps. (laughs) He put the cap lock on those guys. And he said, you better listen up, hippies, because this is what I'm delivering you. I'm giving you the message. You better stop your mocking. Now, even Peter knew, though, that it was his job to deliver the message. It wasn't his job to force them to listen. It was his job to deliver it. And how did he deliver that? This is the Peter who only weeks before, I'm not, maybe it wasn't weeks, I'm not sure the exact time frame, months before, had denied Christ three times and then went out and wept bitterly. That Peter, but Christ knew. He knew what he was going to do through Peter. That he was going to be the rock upon whom he built his church. And Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit And you can be too. In that verse in Acts, Peter reminds us that the Holy Spirit is not just for prophets. It's not just for the disciples. It's not just for Christ. The Holy Spirit is for all of us. You and I. And all you have to do is ask. It's all you have to do. Heavenly Father, send your spirit to be with me. Give me the words that I will speak. Have faith that it will be so, and it will be. Quite frankly, (laughs) it frustrates my sons. I have two sons, and they both help me produce radio. When they ask me, they say, well, what what are you going to speak of? What are you going to speak about? And I say, I know what I'm going to talk about. And they're like, yeah, I, I understand that you know, 
But but you need to tell us. Give us the talking points. Tell us the, the bullets. Let us. What are you going to say? And it frustrates them because in my heart, I know when the red light comes on and the microphone is active, that I will have the words within me that I need to speak. I don't fear. I'm not worried about it. I know that the words that are supposed to come out of my mouth, are, those are the ones that are going to come. And sometimes my sons, they get frustrated. Like I said, they get frustrated with me. They're like, how can you do that, though, Dad? How can you just wait for the red light to come on, open your mouth, and speak? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's, it's talent on loan from God. <laughs> oh, yes, I stole that one from Rush Limbaugh, and he stole it from God. He didn't steal it. He borrowed it. If you guys remember... That Limbaugh used to use the words, he used to say that he had talent on loan from God. And the atheists and the agnostics and the the heathens hated him for that. Oh, did they hate him for that. He was they said he was arrogant. He was comparing himself to God, that he had godlike ability. And he didn't wasn't doing that at all. He knew exactly what he was doing. He was acknowledging God as Father. And he was saying that, look, this talent that I have has been granted to me from God. It is on loan from God. Those are the words that you will speak. You will speak the words, if you ask, that are on loan from God. Not your word, not my words, but yours. Not your will, or not my will, but yours be done. Even Christ, during his moment of doubt and pain, he said, not your, my will, but yours be done. And how many of you remember that verse uh, from Luke, where Christ was full of the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit led him out into the wilderness, and the Spirit gave him the words. He was tired. He was hungry. His human body was aching. And yet he was given the words because he received the Holy Spirit. You can too. All right, I'm going to give you some words, and then I'm going to let you guys go. We're going to close out with the warrior's prayer. We go before God sincerely, and we pray. Lord, I come before you seeking the strength and the skill to overcome my enemies. Grant me, I pray, the wisdom to recognize evil, the courage to confront it, and the strength to destroy it. In Jesus' name I pray this. Amen.